Tennessee Wildcast is live on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. Hey, we're excited about today's show. Uh, it's going to be a great one, and we're talking about um, women in the outdoors. Uh, mentioned a story about some albino deer that were caught on camera last year and uh, we have the lady here that um, captured that footage and she's gonna tell us about that um, and she's gonna tell us all about uh, her experiences in the outdoors how she got introduced into that and all that kind of stuff so it's gonna be fun I have mr. Don King with me yes sir Jason thanks for for the invite and uh, glad to be dealt in around our wildcast poker table here. Yeah, yeah, we'll deal everybody in today. Miss Amy Hall, we're gonna deal her in and, and uh, have her with us. We're glad to have you. Thank you, thank you for having me. Uh, if, if you're looking around, Got a few more things on the wall. Yeah, the decorator's been in. Yeah, they? yeah. We had to incorporate some of uh, of Don and I into the room. We got a drum back here, a guitar behind him, uh, Route 66 tie-in, and you may learn more about that in shows to come. Maybe. You yeah, know, that's a good idea. Stuff like that. Keep you yeah, keep you guessing. So, uh, anyway, studio's looking cool, and I'm glad to be here today. Amy, uh, we met Amy through Mr. Joe Benedict. Yes, he is our. Um, Chief of the Wildlife Division here you, at, at TWRA. Yes, yeah. and uh, he does great work upstairs, uh, keeping wildlife uh, in order up there. And, and uh, he said, you know, I met this lady, or I know this, this this lady, Amy Hall. She'd be a great guest. And then and then uh, James Kelly, our deer biologist, said, yeah, I've seen her on a podcast. I think she'd be great uh -huh. for you. So, <laughs> right. So Amy is here today, and we're glad to have her. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So tell us about yourself. I, I learned about you through Joe and, and James and, and the albino deer that you ran across, and that's kind of how we met. But tell us about yourself real quick. Um, well, I come from Jackson, Tennessee. I'm originally from West Tennessee. Uh -huh. And I uh, hit Alabama for a few years and then back up here to Nashville um, in 2001. Okay. So we're in Smyrna now. Um, it's my husband, and we've got two kiddos that are a little bit older, elementary school. Yeah, um, fun times. Fun, fun times. <laughs> they still like you at this age. <laughs> so I'm enjoying that part. Mom's that still part cool of life. right now. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I'm a photographer here in town. Okay. Uh, family, um, family events, that kind of thing. Pretty much anything except for weddings. Wildlife? A little bit of wildlife. Okay. Oh, good. Um I'd like to delve into that a little bit more, I think, mm -hmm. um, as I grow in hunting. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and then I'm also an archery coach, a awesome. volunteer parent archery Neat. coach for, um, for the Tennessee schools here in the area. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we love archery. We love the outdoors. And yeah. Uh, glad you're here today and look forward to learning more about you and, and just talking about women in the outdoors. You're, you're fairly new to the sport of hunting. Um, from the podcasts that I've seen on, online and, and learned about you, but who introduced you to the outdoors and what got you interested into into hunting? You know, I get that question a lot. It's when did you start? When who was it? Family? Was uh -huh. it when you were little? No, it wasn't. My nobody in my family hunts, and um, I think my my brothers started hunting when they became teenagers, but I was already gone mm -hmm. at that point in time. So. This will be my fourth season hunting. All right. Uh, I I think it was my husband was who inspired me okay. to get started. So you mentioned earlier before the show, before we started uh, rolling tape, that your um, 
your husband works in wildlife field as well. Mm-hmm. He um, he graduated from UT with wildlife and fisheries degree, and he's at uh, the Corps of Engineers as a biologist. Awesome. So he's he has definitely pushed me into um, into wildlife a little bit mm-hmm. more than I ever had before. Just hanging around him, I'm sure you pick yes. up on things. Oh that... yes, the language, yeah. the jargon, uh-huh. the, um, all of that. But he did. A great job when I started asking questions and when I went through hunter safety and when I started all that, he took on the idea of you're fully capable of doing this. If you have questions, ask. Uh-huh. Here's what it looks like. Kind of set it all up to to kind of um, for me to succeed. But then he said, okay, now you go do it. And so I never sat. I actually have never been hunting with another person. Oh, wow. That's um, pretty cool. The first time I went up, uh, I got out there, and I looked at the tree stand. It's dark. I've got my headlamp on, and there are ants crawling up the ladder, (laughs) and they're red ants. And I text him probably some language that cannot be repeated on here and said, I don't know if I can do this. And ants are my, some people snakes, spiders, Uh but I can't stand ants. They come in an army, right? Yes. (laughs) And red ants, that just, it, I didn't want to be sitting in that. And he said, well, honey, you can, you can pull your big girl pants on and get up there. Uh You can come home and get back in bed. And I said, well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, so I just would swish them off as I got up there. There was a snake skin up there when I got up there. Like it was like everything coming against me. Um, and and I got up there, and it was kind of that sense of, I did it. Yeah. I I have beat nature. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. I am here. And then you just sit there, and and You're you are ready watch, for the show, weren't you? You watch the world wake up, yeah. and it's a great feeling to be able to do that. Well, you mentioned Hunter Ed. Tell us about tell us about your experience in Hunter Education. Um, I did the online courses for the first part of it, and uh-huh. then went over for the day course. And I was the only female person in the room, which was kind of cool. I was probably the only one of five above the age of twenty. <laughs> um, you don't see that much in classes. Most times, it's kids. It's a lot of kids, uh, which is great. I mm-hmm. love seeing it. Um, I would have loved to have seen more girls in there, and uh-huh. I think that that's changing as as the years go by. Um, my daughter will be one this year that will sit through that class, and um, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the conservation side of it. Mm-hmm. I loved hearing that side of it. Uh-huh. Um, I loved hearing all the rules and regulations. I, I like to know what, and actually, I think that was where I knew that it was illegal to shoot an albino about an albino deer. Uh-huh. Um, and so, I, I really, really liked going through the course. Um, I'm an information right. lover, so I love sitting through it and and learning. So, would you encourage other ladies? Yes, adults even. Yes, uh, not to. You know, it's never too late to take no, education. No, and I even if you're not going to hunt, I think it's a great course to go through just to learn. I mean, mm. you're living in the state of Tennessee. Um, if you're living in the country, if you're living kind of in the outskirts, it's it's a great course to learn, especially about conservation and about what the hunting community does um, for our wildlife here. You're right. It it really is a lot of great background information mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, the you did the online course, mm-hmm. and, and there's a couple of ways to do it, you know, for those of, 
that might be interested in this. You you did the online course. You pretty much do that at home, mm-hmm. uh, prepare, and then you go in for the field day. Yes. Right? And yeah. that's, that's where uh, you met up with all the other folks. And then they kind of uh, road test you, you yes. know, to make sure that you, you've got the information and and that kind of thing. And the other, the other way to go about it is the traditional course, which usually meets three or four, sometimes five times mm-hmm. a, during the course of a week. Mm-hmm. And, and that's more, uh, you know, show up every, every day that, for the class. Yeah. And, uh, and some people, and I think maybe that's why it was, it weighted a little bit more toward guys. Cause sometimes, sometimes the boys might, I don't know, they've got football practice or, ba- you know, little league baseball or whatever's mm-hmm. going on. And, and, uh, uh, it seems like maybe there are more, so a few more females in the, in the traditional classes, yeah. but, uh, anyway, it, I'm glad to hear you say that about Hunter Ed because I, I'm, I'm a believer in it too. My daughter took it and, and she's 30 years old now. She's never hunted, but she loved going yeah. to the, going to the class and learning about what, what the conservation ethic is in, in Tennessee and, and what our agency does. It's, mm-hmm. it's a good info, mm-hmm. um, a way to get the information about that. I agree. I agree. I think, um, I don't know if my daughter will ever pull a trigger or let go of a uh-huh. bowstring. Uh-huh. I don't, I don't know. We put up a double stand this year. She wants to go. I don't know if she'll ever get to that point. She might, mm-hmm. she has a tender heart. So We'll see, yeah. <laughs> but um, just to get out, to, get her out there to experience it. Get her out there, and I want her to know the rules. Sure, and I want her to know what. And we've talked conservation in our family for years and years, but uh, for her to hear it from somebody else, and for her to kind of get an idea of the community around her. Mm-hmm. She's eleven. It's it's a good. Oh yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, yeah. she's at a good age to to pull the trigger if she wants to. Yeah. Yes. You know, yes. you start them out too young. Sometimes you can scare them off, but yeah, but that's great. Yeah, that's great. Um, and you mentioned the the knowledge that comes out of those classes. I wanted to say, you know, our volunteers. We have a lot of volunteers that teach classes. Our officers teach classes, mm-hmm. and it's amazing the information that they've gained over the years, and they can feed into the folks there. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. Yep. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move forward a little bit. Learning curves, uh, <laughs> or did it all come natural? So you said you went out that morning and. There's bugs and there's snake skins and there's all kinds of <laughs> stuff happening. But after a few days, did it come natural? Did you feel like this is I can do this? I feel I feel like we might not go as often as I mean I might get out there 15 times in a season, which I think is really wow, good. That's more than I went this past year. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Um, but I feel like every every fall, it's almost like a reintroduction to it. Mm-hmm. It's um, kind of like Christmas Eve starting out that night before yeah, and And then getting back up in there and then it becomes kind of secondhand um that that first time I went out I think the learning curve was climbing a stand making sure your harness is on that you're clipped in um oh it really is this high (laughs) yeah (laughs) 20 feet is a lot Uh 15 Um, whatever it may be trying to figure out where are they coming from which direction are they coming from Uh um am i high enough am i covered enough when the sun comes up am i in the sun am Mm -hmm. i like what what are all of our uh what are the things that i start noticing Uh um what wakes up first the birds or the squirrels um (laughs) is that a squirrel or is it a deer yeah they'll they'll drive you crazy (laughs) they will they really will (laughs) so i think that the learning curve was more just the little idiosyncrasies of it um 
but I felt well prepared going into it. It just kind of was an easy, it was nice to sit. That's good. I've got a question. Mm -hmm. Okay. You guys, you have two little ones. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously you can't both just vacate the house, you know, pre-dawn and and just go out and go your own way. Yeah. So what do you guys do? Shifts? You know, okay, I'm taking this Saturday morning, you take the next. That is a, it's like a drawing straw as who gets to go. (laughs) Flip the coin, right? It is, it is. And we, my husband, we've talked about that and he said, I never thought of of having to fight for getting to go. (laughs) Um, As soon as it gets too cold though, he's out. He's, Mm. it's all you. Um, so we, I do more hunting huh. uh, December through January yeah. in that last little bit when it gets too cold. Okay. Um, but well, You need two ladder stands, two double stands. So one can I take know. one, kill one, take the other. There you go. We, got, we put up a double this year and a single um, so we can actually figure some things out. Mm. But, um, but, yeah, we need two doubles in there. Yeah. So challenges, and you, you've mentioned a few maybe, uh, and rewards, and is it relaxing? Just all I, that. And- the the challenges, I am not a very tall person. I'm not a very, like, I feel like I'm strong, mm-hmm. but um, the challenges have been field dressing. Mm-hmm. I used to work in surgery. I was a scrub nurse for cardiac surgery at Children's, um, right as the new Children's Hospital opened at Vanderbilt, and... Uh, so field dressing isn't that big of a deal to me, but it's the strength required. Mm-hmm. Um, I got one of the jet sleds, which really helps me uh, get a deer out. Mm-hmm. Uh, made a huge difference this year. I can actually go by myself and not have to worry about, can I get this deer out? Um, I can actually get it out, get it up on the back of my car and have no worries about it. So I feel like the challenges a couple of years ago have kind of changed as I've evolved and learned Mm -hmm. um, some shortcuts in learning how to um, work to my strengths and weaknesses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your, your husband is, is supportive. Yes. But what do your lady friends say? What do your girlfriends say? Um, It's always whenever somebody says you hunt. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I thought you were a soccer mom, or a, like it's not well, the I first time. I am. I, I, am. Yeah, I drive um, a truck now, not a minivan. Right? <laughs> I don't drive it. I don't drive a truck, but I don't drive a minivan. Okay. Um, but I think it's kind of a, a shock. Um, all of my girlfriends that know are very supportive and uh-huh. excited for me and for our family. And I don't know. It's it's who you surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I've the only negative I've gotten have been comments from radios or podcasts or like anything like that. Yeah. Um, but you're all you're gonna find that gonna anywhere. That. Yeah. yeah, sure. I've, yeah. I've noticed that um, in listening to an earlier one that that you you guys really don't have to shop for meat anymore at the at the supermarket, right? Or very rarely. Very rarely. To I mean, we before. still get chicken or turkey things uh-huh. like that because I I went pretty zero for turkey this year um <laughs> me too it was my first it's time okay. turkey hunting and got nothing uh, and that's okay yeah. it's perfectly fine uh but but yeah we don't really buy beef anymore uh-huh. it really helped out this fall i know that we had the big beef uh scare mm. with bacteria coming through and it was kind of nice to have that 
we don't have to worry about that. Got right. a freezer full, right? We here. have a freezer full. If you want tacos, we've got meat. I don't uh-huh. have to go to the store. We'll just thaw something. Um, we use a processor out of uh, uh, it's. Well, shoot. There's a lot of them. <laughs> it's out east. Yeah. Uh, flowers. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. I've heard of that one. Flowers, and uh, they are amazing. Um, we don't have a facility right now. Uh-huh. Um, I could hit Joe up maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'd be nice to be able to process on our own. But until then, I, we really like flowers and how uh-huh. they, they handle. They're just, it's quick. Mm-hmm between field and freezer it's really quick and i feel like they do a great job it's amazing though how easy it is to do it at home if you want to yeah you know yeah. if you got the space and yeah that's know. the key i mm-hmm. think having the place to do it mm-hmm. yeah. yeah the grinder is is real cheap if you want to make hamburger out mm-hmm. of that or whatever but uh, yeah i think our vegan indian neighbors that we love very very much and they share all of their recipes and food and we uh-huh. eat all of it oh, wow. but i don't think they would appreciate a deer hanging <laughs> In the backyard <laughs> or in the garage. That close, huh? <laughs> we'll be, we'll be uh, a little respectful there. We'll go sure. to Joe's. <laughs> sure. uh, I, I think a 10 by 10 tent be in your future maybe right? with some walls. You yeah. Can... <laughs> hey, we boiled a couple heads on the back, yeah. on the back porch, and that might be enough for them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's jump into to Becoming an Outdoor Woman. Have you ever been to a Becoming Outdoor Woman event? I have not, actually. Okay. I, I saw that um, you had sent that over, and I actually had no idea what you were talking about. So I would actually like to hear more about right. that. Well, that's, you know, if you're listening, if you've not heard of that or heard about that program, it just happened, actually, a week or so ago. Right. First week in June. And um, Weekend. So anyway, it's a three-day uh, weekend normally, and it's normally held in Crossville, but ladies can come and learn hunting, shooting, you know, archery, camping, cooking outdoor photography yes, yes. photography you know uh, bird, kayaking bird watching kayaking fishing all that kind of stuff yeah so, it's it's really well rounded that sounds great and it's not only men that teach courses there's some ladies that jump in there and teach courses as well but a lot of agency folks and a lot of volunteers but it's it'd be a great program it really would be i would love yeah. to do that atv riding it's that's always fun that so. is always fun <laughs> so anyway okay cool well we want to get that plug in there because Becoming an Outdoors Woman is a great program. And then they have the Beyond programs where once you've been through that, you think, well, I want to go muzzleloader hunting or mm-hmm. whatever. They have ladies' hunts uh, throughout the year that you, you can, can step in on. Step in there and, that and take, sounds great. take advantage of those. Well, and it sounds like it's a it's an automatic, hey, you get to know the people that you can connect with. Mm-hmm. Who the, I've, I've read in an article that women are the fastest growing in hunting, like the numbers are crazy entering hunting, but they're also the fastest dropout rate. And so this sounds like it would be a great way to connect other women with each other in right. order to keep it going. Uh-huh. Because we don't want women to drop out. We want we want them to keep going to sustain it. Mm-hmm. And, right. and being discouraged as women as you get into it to then drop out, then I, you've lost that cause. Yeah. So. I think some some clubs have formed or mm-hmm. you know groups have formed with those classes and and you see them they come to the hunts and stuff and they continue to press on so that's awesome yeah you see those friendships develop like you've developed with Joe you yeah. know and and uh, the, <clears throat> a lot of the instructors keep in touch with the folks that have attended these events and you know if they've they've got a question they 
shoot them an email and yeah, no problem. Yeah. Glad to help out. I so. think that another positive thing is social media. Uh huh. Um, I think before social media really took off, if a woman liked hunting, it would be really hard to reach across and touch another woman right. that was hunting. And so social media kind of closes that in. Um, we talk about how negative it can be sometimes, but really it can be positive sure. in connecting women and and supporting each other. Right. Um, I don't know. I've been pretty supported by some of the men, especially in the state of Tennessee, uh-huh. that if I've got a question, I usually within a couple of clicks have an answer, uh-huh. um, whether it's finding it or asking the question. I'm sure there's some women's groups out there on Facebook mm-hmm. and stuff there like are. that that you could join. I haven't researched any, but I'm sure there's a lot, a lot hey, of places. Hey, uh, uh, let's jump back just a second sure. to the NASP program, yes. National Archery in the Schools program. Yes. How'd you get involved in that? Uh, my daughter. Okay. Um, I did not actually, because we lived in Davidson County for so long, uh-huh. I did not know about the NASP program. And I think it's definitely grown in the past mm-hmm. five years. It has. Crazy amounts. Um, but when we moved into Rutherford County, they had archery starting in fourth grade. Uh-huh. And since we bow hunt, um, it was kind of a natural thing for her to say, hey, I'd like to join this club at school. And I thought, oh, it's really sweet. You want to learn how to shoot a bow and arrow? (laughs) I did not know at the time how involved it was and how great the program is Uh at getting kids' hands on bows um, and what it can do for students that might not necessarily be the most athletic kids Mm -hmm. in the school. Uh You automatically think football, basketball, baseball, soccer, like those kind of things. But there's some kids that might not have that natural ability. And archery, I have found, has reached kids that might not necessarily have a group. Right. And now all of a sudden they have a group. And um, and so she did that for the first year, and I kind of helped as the mom helper. Uh-huh. And then went through the NASP um the NAS program for coaches um, and got certified and started coaching this year. So this was my first year coaching. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And you know that what you just mentioned about the the kid that doesn't maybe quite fit in with some of the other groups mm-hmm. within school, That I hear that story over and over yeah. and over again where they, the kids find something that they can, they can embrace. And, I agree. And, uh, and I've I've heard you know time after time that it does increase school attendance. That yeah. kids are more enthusiastic about coming to school because they get to shoot that day. You know, it increases focus. It increases right. drive. It increases behavior. Mm-hmm. You've got to have grades, behavior, focus, like all of that in order to shoot to be a part of the team. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm on the elementary level, so I'm, I've got these little fourth graders coming in who are looking all different directions. And by the end of the year, it is straight on focus. Uh, the safety of it, the the drilling of the safety aspects of it, which we can admit fourth and fifth graders, that's what we're doing. Uh-huh. We're focusing on that. So as they get into middle school, they already have that foundation. And um, and so it's been, it has been a great, great thing to be able to volunteer and help with that. It's amazing at the state shoot to stand up there in, in Rutherford County at mm-hmm. Miller Auditorium, Miller uh, Coliseum, Coliseum, excuse me, mm-hmm. and, uh, and see the whistle commands cause 
a whole line of students step up to the line. They know what the whistle commands are, and, and as they hear those, yeah. they adhere to them. They they shoot. They go check their scores. And, I mean, it's just – it is so neat From to all see. schools around. Right. They know exactly what to do because they've been taught. Uh-huh. What did I hear? They said that archery is – the safest sport in schools right now other than tennis, table tennis. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And you've got a bow and arrow, <laughs> and you're putting kids just inches away from each other. I, it amazes me that that NASP has be, been able to create a sport that sort, that's safe. Yeah. And, um, and I love all the sponsors for NASP and the hunting community. From Hoyt to Matthews Matthews. to, um, I think, Academy Sports. Like, all of these hunting people from retailers to to conservation. Sure. TWRA. Uh Uh-huh. It's just been a great way for kids not only to get their hands on bows, but to also get introduced to maybe hunting through 3D archery. Sure. Um, So it's been a really good experience. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. We're going to run out of time, so we better jump into the the big story. The reason we got introduced. (laughs) So the albino deer, tell us the story, and we're going to show a video, pictures on the screen, that people can watch if they're... Well, actually, we had just come from a NASP uh, tournament, and I thought it's a beautiful day. It's it's November, um, right before Thanksgiving, and I was up in the tree stand, and all of a sudden the wind picked up, and I thought, this isn't going to happen. <laughs> this is going to be a bad day. And I looked off to the side, and this and guy walked right underneath my tree stand, and it took my breath away. Wow. I really – it took I, it took a double take. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know what I was looking at at first. That was the buck that walked up the eight point that walked up behind me a few minutes later a few minutes later <laughs> so i so knew it was a good day it was a good day it was a good day i knew that i couldn't shoot him mm-hmm. so i pulled my camera out i pulled my phone out and i thought i this nobody's gonna believe me um you see him from the road i've never seen a buck from the road i've seen a doe out near nolensville mm-hmm. um and there are pieballs everywhere over there so um I, I knew that we had a community of them. Uh-huh. I didn't know that there had been a buck in the neighborhood. So this uh, this was a great, it was amazing. Pleasant surprise. Yeah, yeah. So you can't shoot an albino in Tennessee. Can't shoot an albino. A mm-hmm. pie ball, you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and if it has pink eyes, that's a true albino. Right? Yeah. So... I don't, I don't know. I wasn't close enough to see pink eyes or not, but, I mean, he was completely white. Um... Even his hoofs had huh. some pinkish mm-hmm. uh, color on them. And wow. so I knew not to shoot him. Um, I got a lot of comments. I sent it to you guys first. Right. Uh-huh. Because I thought that's a great way of getting it out. Don't shoot them. Don't shoot them. You can't shoot them here. You will get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Do not shoot them. <laughs> um, in fact, you guys were testing for CWD at the processor when I pulled up and oh, I wow. showed the picture of it and they said, did you shoot? I said, no. And they go, good answer. <laughs> Thanks to Hunter uh-huh. Ed Class. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you guys took it off and then I went to Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and I got phone calls. Hey, you're on the news. You're, you're like your fate, like your name, everything's on the news. And I went, oh, okay. I, <laughs> didn't realize that over the next week it was going to go global right um it it kind of took off yeah and then fox news u.s fox news took it it it. and um 
and that's when comments started coming in. <laughs> Good and bad. Yeah. Good and bad. Well, we thank you for being with us today and, and uh, helping us out with this show. And yeah. We'll, we'll have you back sometime. Yeah, Should that'd be, be fun. fun. Thanks, yes. Amy. Thank you. Right. Oh, you're welcome. Well, thank you all for watching this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.